0: Good to see you this morning. Glad you're in the Lord's house. I'm going to do my best to preach. If I uh, go that way, don't worry about me, all right? I'm not feeling too good this morning. I'm going to preach uh, from 2 Timothy chapter 4 on this last Sunday of 2013. I think what we have before us this morning are probably the last words of Scripture from the Apostle Paul. He's incarcerated in a Roman prison. He's living under terrible conditions. The time of his execution was near. He somehow managed to dictate a letter to his friend and son in the faith, Timothy, who was the pastor of the church of Ephesus. Paul writes to exhort Timothy to stay strong in his walk with the Lord and in fulfilling the assignment that God had given to him to preach the gospel of Christ, and he challenged the church to do the very same. Paul uses his own life and ministry as an example to Timothy and to each of us about finishing well, and that's what my sermon is entitled this morning, Finishing Well. I'm just praying I can finish, all right? And it's found in 2 Timothy chapter 4, these great three verses beginning in verse 6. Paul said, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Lord, I pray that you would uh, help us today to hear the truth from your word, and I pray dear Lord that we would all finish well, for we ask it in your name, amen. It it occurs to me that uh, we should finish a year with the same kind of determination that Paul had in finishing his own life. We might well use this as a way to evaluate our own lives as we come to the end of 2013. Have I fought the good fight this year? Have I finished my race this year? Have I kept the faith this year? In fact, we can use this at the end of life or at the end of a year or at the end of a week or even at the end of a day. So as we near the end of 2013 and the beginning of 2014, let's be challenged from Scripture about finishing well. I want to begin with one sobering reality. that. Verse 6, he said, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. It's almost as if Paul was saying to Timothy, Timothy, be faithful, because I'm not going to be in this world much longer. My life is almost at an end, but you must carry on the work of the Lord. As Paul looks soberly at what he knows is ahead for him, he uses two powerful images first he said I am being poured out like a drink offering the picture he paints with these words is the picture of the drink offering that was poured out as a sacrifice to the Lord it was a liquid offering that was placed in a cup and poured out before the Lord some theologians think that Paul may have also had in mind here the kind of death he was going to face Paul knew that he would not be crucified because he was a Roman citizen. More than likely, Paul would expect to be beheaded as his execution. And literally, his own life's blood would be poured out. But really, that's the way Paul looked at his life. In fact, the entirety of his life. He was being poured out. He was being emptied like an offering cup of sacrifice to the Lord. Really, what a way to look at our lives. Not to live life storing up stuff for ourselves, but to be poured out like a drink offering to the Lord. Second, he said, the time of my departure has come. When Paul uses the word departure, he's really painting a powerful picture. The word departure was used in many different ways in Paul's day. The word was used of a ship pulling up anchor as it set out to sea. Paul was about to pull up his anchor in this world and set out on his final voyage to his heavenly home. The word was also used in military circles to describe an army that would be taking down their tents and breaking camp. The word was also used for the release of a prisoner or the unyoking of oxen. All of these images show us that for the child of God, death is not something that we should be fearing. It sets us free from the burdens of this world to live eternally in the presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But you know what? Right up until that last minute, until we take our last breath, our lives are to be lived as those who are being poured out like a drink offering, and we are to pull up our anchor in this life, and set sail for heaven's shore. So from the perspective of his present situation, Paul can look back on his life, his life of walking with and serving the Lord from the day he was saved. And because of that, he is able to affirm in verse 7, I have fought the good fight. i finished the race. I've kept the faith. Really, as Paul scans his life He's summing it up in these three vivid phrases. And he uses images that would have been familiar to those who lived in Paul's day. Uh, They were the image of a Greek wrestler, a Greek runner, and also of a Roman soldier. First, he used the image of a Greek wrestler. He said, I have fought the good fight. The word fight is the word from which we get our word agony. And it pictures the struggle of one engaged in the athletic games. For example, a wrestler. And when he called it the good fight, he is describing the worthiness and the beauty of the struggle in which he is engaged. He is basically saying, you know what, I can walk out of the arena knowing that I have left everything there on the wrestling mat. I've held nothing back. I have given it my all, 110% in the struggle. I have fought the good fight. But he also uses that image of a Greek runner. He says, I have finished the race. Again, another image of the world of ancient athletics. It's the picture of the track on which the runner runs the race. And Paul is saying, like a Greek runner, I have Run the race properly. I have ran according to the rules, and I have crossed the finish line, and I am now ready for the victor's wreath. You see, folks, the life of a Christ follower is a race to be run with perseverance to the very end. The Christian life is not a sprint; it's a marathon. I've finished the race. He also uses the image of a Roman soldier. He said, I have kept the faith. That faith was like a treasure that had been entrusted to the Apostle Paul. And like a faithful soldier, he understood the value of it. And he was guarding that treasure with his very life. I've kept the faith. So Paul looks back on all that he has completed in his life. And it's intended to provoke young Timothy and us to the same kind of faithfulness. And I think from looking at his example, we have to ask ourselves these three challenging questions. Question number one, am I engaged in a worthy struggle? Really, am I fighting the good fight of faith? And so here we have the picture of the struggle all believers face in our battle against sin and against flesh and against the devil. You know, I think many Christians are ignorant of this fact, and sometimes we get discouraged because we feel the force of sin, the force of the flesh, and the force of the devil, and we think that that there's something wrong with us. No, friend, the Christian life is a struggle. Never forget that. God never intended it to be easy for us. And so am I engaged in a worthy struggle? Am I fighting the good fight of faith? The second question, am I staying on course? Am I running the race so as to finish? I I think it's easy for us to forget that That God has a race for us to run and a course for us to follow in life. I'm really amazed that so many believers never consider that God has a specific will for their own life that he expects them to pursue. And your course is different from my course. Your race is different from my race. But all of us must run the race that has been marked out for us. That's what the writer of Hebrews had in mind when he wrote Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So that is a call for each one of us to run the race God has given us with perseverance. But notice he says do this two ways. Number one, throw off everything that hinders. In other words, you need to throw off those things that are slowing you down in your Christian race. It's like running a race with a backpack that's full of Books or supplies on your back. I I know it's fine to carry a backpack if you're going to school with your supplies in it and it's okay to carry a backpack on a hike in the mountains with your supplies in it. But you know what? If you're running a race, you don't want to be carrying that extra weight around. And I've got to ask, what are you carrying around in your life that's slowing you down? In the race that God has clearly marked out for you. You need to throw it off, friends. He goes on to talk about the sin that so easily entangles us. What he's talking about are the things that trip us up in life. It'd be like running a race in rain boots. Our rain boots are okay. Both of my daughters got rain boots for Christmas. Not because they shovel snow or work out in the rain. I think it's because they're cool or something. I don't know. But you know what? If it's raining, you need rain boots. If you're shoveling snow, you need rain boots. But if you're running a race, if you're running the 100 yard dash or the 300 meter hurdles, you don't want to be wearing rain boots. You're going to fall flat on your face. I wonder what sins are continually tripping you up in your race. It's that same old sin. It just seems to come back again and again. The devil knows. He knows what he can use to trip you up. The writer says, throw it off. Get rid of it. How do you do that? Well, Hebrews 12 too. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So that second question... Am I staying on course? Am I running my race? Then there's another question we need to ask ourselves in light of these verses. Am I treasuring the faith? Am I keeping the faith? The life that we have in Christ is like a treasure. It is to be guarded because it's precious. Our trust relationship with Jesus Christ is the most valuable thing in life to us. And, dear Christian friend, you need to guard that. I wonder is that what is most precious to you? Your walk with Christ, the promise of His Word, the mission He has given you to accomplish. Now all of this is worth it to the Apostle Paul because of one confident assurance that he had found in verse 8. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge will give to me on that day. And not only to me but to all who have longed for his appearing. Paul looked at his present situation. It's not good. His past accomplishments, he had been faithful. But now he is looking at a future assurance. Paul's use of pictures from the Greek Greek athletics is is not quite finished because in verse 8 he likens himself to the Greek athlete Who, having won the race, is looking up at the judge's stand. He's waiting to be awarded with his wreath. It's a victor wreath. It would be placed on his head. That's what the crown was. It's a pine wreath. It was not the crown of royalty. It was the crown of victory. For us, it's called the crown of righteousness. In fact, it is the final installment of the complete righteousness we have by grace in faith alone through Jesus Christ. It's awarded to us by the righteous judge. Now that phrase is pretty interesting to me. God is truly a righteous judge in a judicial sense. We will give an account to him. But this word is used in a variety of other ways as well. It's used to describe a competition judge. Like an umpire or a referee in an athletic event today. He's the one who signals the touchdown. He's the one who calls the runner safe at home. Or holds up his arm signaling a three-pointer. And he is the one who recognizes the winner of the event. Folks, there is no need of review in the booth like we have in football today. No challenges are necessary or will be given because it is the righteous judge who will declare who the winner is. And all this is going to happen on that day Pretty interesting, that day. That is on the day when Christ comes again for His church and those who are redeemed by His blood. I know we might get a little deeper out here, and I don't know if I want to wade in too far, but notice that these rewards don't come when you die. They come on that day. Why is that? Well, I think one very important reason is because the impact and influence of your life is going to live on after you're gone. And so everything is taken into account on that day. And all of this belongs to all who long for His appearing. In other words, it's something more precious to us than anything else in life. I had to stop and ask myself, Will, are you longing for his appearing? Is that on your mind every day you live? I know it used to be a lot more. Hey, when I was a kid, we talked about it all the time. Today could be the day. I remember driving down the road with my parents and my aunt and uncle. Today could be the day. What if he came today? What if he split the sky open today? Today could be the day. I suppose in our modern day, we have laxed into a state of apathy almost, even in the church. But let me remind you, friends, it could be today. And so is it on our mind, Lord, is today the day? And Lord, if it is, may I be found finishing well. Perhaps the best way we can finish this year and begin the next is with a commitment to finish well. But here's what I figured out. To finish well. You've got to live well. And dear Lord, I pray that we're doing that. Jesus, if there's someone in this room today who needs to make things right with you, I pray that they would do it this morning. For those who are struggling in life with a sin that they need to lay aside, may they come today, dear Lord, and leave that at the altar. Lord, some of us need to come and just recommit our all to you. Help us to do so. May we use this time as a time of prayer for those in our church who are in need, for our own families, and our own life. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask that you stand. As they sing, would you come and pray? If God is calling you, would you come?